We've tried to balance in the recent weeks thinking through the role of the Lord's Supper. And even the last two weeks, the series that we were in was us taking time to reflect together on the importance of it and, and the role it should have in the life of our body. And, and worrying or feeling concerned that maybe our tradition had eclipsed or minimized the Lord's Supper in ways that were unhealthy and wanted to remedy that. So while regularly in our services we kind of move and worship toward the Word and respond appropriately just following, so in this service we move toward the ordinance or the sacrament and then we'll respond to that. But always wanting to hear from God's Word and choosing on these Communion Sundays to spend time in the Psalms. Books that honestly we probably almost never spend time in corporately other than a reading from here to there, but to regularly throughout the course of the year work through the psalms a different psalm every communion sunday is is healthy for us as the family of god the psalms different than any other kind of book speak to the soul they're actually written as guides for the worship of the church it recognizes that for centuries as greg mentioned in his prayer For many hundreds of years, it was only the psalms that were sung. There would be no Chris Tomlin. There would be no Isaac Watts. There would be the psalms. They were texts that orchestrated worship of the church. And so we thought it was fitting to include those as part of our communion Sundays. The beauty of the psalms is that they not only point to what Christ would do, But they describe the Christian life and the kingdom of God and invite us to participate in God's goodness and His grace. They speak not just to the mind, but to the heart. And they form disciples of Jesus to be true worshipers of the King. And we start today with the first psalm. If you have your Bibles or even in the notes, I have the text there for you. Let me read that text for us together this morning. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Let's pray in response to God's word. Father, help us to hear what Psalm 1 ministers to us today. And help us to be those that seek the blessed life. The blessed life that you offer us in Christ. We pray this in his name. Amen. What does hashtag blessed mean? What does it mean to be blessed? If you were to go to Hobby Lobby this afternoon, you may not want to do that on Mother's Day, but let's just say you did. Maybe you forgot your Mother's Day gift for your mother and you're going there anyway. But I bet you could find within a few minutes about 40 or 50 items that say blessed. Banners for 
living room walls, picture frames for your wedding photos or of your children or grandchildren, mugs, cups, plates, blessed. I wonder if that takes on a unique sense in our culture. Blessed can fit in America a bit differently than maybe it means in the biblical sense. Probably in our cultural context, it's blessing as a gift of circumstance. Blessed to have this family, blessed to have these children, blessed to have these grandchildren, blessed to have this home, blessed to have health. But again, notice it's a bit circumstantial. That's at least the way we think about it, or maybe not think about it, but probably in our culture, if you were to go up to somebody on the street and say, what's it mean to be blessed? They'd probably talk about their circumstances that are positive. What does the Bible mean by blessed? You'll find that it's a very different kind of sense. The Bible always defines blessing as a gift from God. So it's always grounded in something God is or something God does. And get this, it's not always what God gives. We have so kind of married an American dream with a Christian gospel that a lot of times we make God our divine butler and cosmic therapist. That is not the blessing that the Bible defines. In fact, in the Bible, you can be the most blessed of all and be in severe suffering and persecution. And none of that would deny you the blessing that belongs to God's children. So it's interesting when we turn to the Psalms, the church's manual for corporate worship, the very first word is hashtag blessed. I, okay, I had the hashtag. That's the first word of 150 Psalms that nurture us in the spiritual life. The very first word is blessed. Like by the end of the Psalms, which would take us years to work through, but we will, we will have heard exactly from God what blessing looks like. But Psalm 1 wants to put us on the right path. It wants to give us a bit of a head start, a clue. What is the blessed life? What does hashtag blessed mean to the Christian who listens to God? Well, it would involve three things in this text. The blessed person is the one who listens, lives, and loves the Word of God. That's right. God's Word is at the center of what it means to be the blessed person. First, we listen to the Word of God. The blessed person listened to the Word of God. Look at there in the, the middle or the end of verse 2. Regarding this law of the Lord, His Word, His message to us, His communication, the end of verse 2 says, And on His law, the blessed person meditates day and night. That's a merism, right? Day and night. Obviously, there is some time for sleep. The Bible isn't saying don't sleep. That's a hyperbole by way of exaggeration to say that the Word of God should be something that you want to saturate your life with. That your heart and mind are saturated with Scripture. That the spectacles you lose or you use or the contacts you wear the window through which you look at the world is God's Word. And that you'll take responsibility to know God's Word. 
Blessed is the person who meditates on God's word all the time. Second is the blessed person is the one who lives the word of God. Here, much of the text speaks. Verse one, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked or stands in the way of sinners or sits in the seat of scoffers. They are not taking their counsel from a broken, fallen world. They are not listening to those who would deny God. They would not trust the word of a human over the word of God. They would not. God's word is the most sacred to them. God's word is their counselor, is their guide, is the light for their path. Look at verse 3. Look at the image of verse 3. Notice how the psalm wants to speak to your imagination, to your heart. The blessed person, one grounded in the word of God, is like a tree planted by streams of water. Look at, again, flesh the image out. A tree planted, deep roots, and it has all the food source it needs, streams of water, more than it needs, fully satisfied and healthy. This isn't some image of a tree somewhere on the desert of the West Coast, struggling to have water. This is a tree surrounded by lakes and streams that have been filled with the rain of God. And it is strong. And look at its response. The tree planted by streams of water yields its fruit in its season. It is a living tree. Its leaves do not wither. I tease one of my boys, because he has this tree in his garden, which he was working in this morning at 6 a.m. He loves his garden. He loves his woods and his trees. And he's got this tree that is supposedly an apple tree. But I call it the so-called apple tree. Because <laughs> I have yet to see an apple produced. And every time I say that, he, gets, he laughs at me and gives me a hard time. I've seen carrots... I've seen flowers. I have yet to see an apple. It is the so-called apple tree in our yard. The person who is planted by streams of water from God's word are legitimate apple trees. They yield their fruit and their leaves do not wither. So notice how the psalm was meant to give you a mental picture, not an argument, but a vision. Like we just saying, be thou my vision. There's that vision. Like, do you want to know what hashtag blessed means according to scripture? It looks like a tree that is strongly rooted, that is full on water, that's full of fruit. Its leaves are healthy. Now that tree can weather a beautiful sunny day, a light misty rain, and it can weather a snowstorm. I remember my dad who lives in Georgia would tell me when Georgia maybe eight, ten years ago had a pretty massive snowstorm, trees that had never experienced anything but a few flakes were, abs were, were, being, were falling across roads, just totally uprooted. They'd never had to bear any kind of weight other than their own, and just all of a sudden, six inches of snow in a surprising location like Atlanta, Georgia, uprooted hundreds of trees. 
Now picture a tree planted by streams of water who can endure any season. Now picture a Christian. What can a planted Christian, rooted and fed by the Word of God, endure? And how is that, even in circumstances of suffering, also a person who is blessed? See, that's what the psalm wants to tell us. In contrast to the blessed person who is living the word of God or the wicked, verse 4, they're like chaff, small little specks, like when you're cutting a tree, that little speck of wood that you almost don't even worry about in the grass because it's just going to blow away. The wind drives it away. They will not, verse 5, the wicked will not stand in the judgment. They will be, they have, they have no foundation. They are blown over by God. Nor do they have the right to sit among the righteous. What strong words of the gift of God's word for his people. The blessed person is not only the one who listens to God's word and loves God's word and lives, but also loves God's word, the last. Look at the first phrase in verse 2. In contrast to the man who listens to the counsel of the wicked, of sinners, and of scoffers, his delight is in the law of the Lord. Lord, his delight. He loves it. He sees it for what it is. God himself, completely other, decided to communicate with us. God's word is a reflection of his care, is a source of his provision, and is actually God's extending himself to us. Like a real tall person who gets on a knee so that a tiny little two-year-old can see them in the eyes. So is God's word to his children. So what does hashtag blessed mean? The blessed person is the one who listens, lives, and loves the word of God. Now in one sense, the blessed man, notice it says man, is really not just talking about a man. It's the ideal for every believer, something to which we should all aspire. And if we're honest, we don't measure up. And the Word of God knows this. Like, you and I struggle to delight in the law of the Lord, struggle to meditate on it day and night, struggle not to be influenced by the scoffers and the counsel of the wicked, or even to be honest, I think we can even struggle in taking seriously the Word of God and all these things, being devoted to it. God knew that. And I think even the word man helps us see that. To be fair, translators debate how to translate the word man. Should they say man? Well, in our day and age, it would be rightly noticed, even if the context is clear, it's talking to men and women. This isn't the promise keeper's passage. Clearly, it's for all genders, and so some translations will translate it the blessed person, and that's not wrong. That's true to the text. Clearly, it's talking to my daughter as well as my sons, as all of God's Word is. But I wonder if the text 
in its singular masculine form, was also pointing to someone else. That there would be one man. Not any men sitting here or any who have ever lived except for one who truly lived the blessed life. Didn't need to be instructed like you and I do. He didn't need the Word of God because he was the Word of God. John 1. Maybe that word man rightly points to the one man who fulfills and lives out the way of righteousness to perfection. And his name is Jesus. So notice how in this way, in one sense, the psalm is talking to us, inviting us to live the blessed life that is rooted in the word of God. In another sense, and at the same time, it is not talking to us, but about Jesus who is the blessed man who makes our life blessed. In that sense, then, someone is not only an ideal for every Christian who grounds their lives on God's word, but it's also a description of our Savior. The blessed life, the blessed person, is the one who delights in the word of God, both written and incarnate. This leads us toward the supper today. The psalm helps us realize what blessing really means. And the blessing on top of blessings is the gospel. It's the work of Jesus on our behalf. The blessed life is the person whose life is grounded in the work of Jesus Christ, the second Adam. So in one sense, we can end by saying, are you... Listening, living, and loving God's word? Do you want to be the blessed person that Psalm 1 invites you to do? Maybe applying that truth would be you plug in, you or your kids, to growth hour. Like you, you, you intensify your studying of God's word in Scripture. You plug them into one, or you make sure they come to VBS in regard to your kids. Maybe you plug in or more consistent with a small group because you know that dwelling on the word of God in community is a significant part of being a disciple of Jesus. Or even in your own personal devotion, you focus on those things more. But we would be mistaken if we assumed that it was just about what we do in relationship to the word and not just about the word of God, Jesus. But today you need to realize that all God's blessings start and end with one man, Jesus Christ. And that helps us see the significance of the supper we're about to partake in. Father, help us this morning as we desire the blessed life and how so easily we frame that with even the kind of things we'll celebrate today as families, good, common grace things. But the greatest blessing of all, true, deep-rooted blessing, is not even our own biological families, or our physical health, or our financial abilities. It is Jesus. And a blessed life is a life that looks and lives and loves the world through the lens of Scripture. And help us 
Father, to do that more faithfully, to be the kind of blessed people that you invite us to be. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.